This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Illini Choir Podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Choir Publisher here. And today in the podcast, we are on location. I am actually sitting on the Lucas Oil Stadium turf, exhausted after a long day of talking with people, asking questions, listening to their answers. That's what we do here at Big Ten Media Days. It is talking season, and we talked a lot with the Illinois contingent here. It's kind of funny. We uh, come all the way to Indianapolis to uh, chat with people we usually chat to in Champaign, but that's what we do when you're on a beat. And today we're able to talk extensively with Brett Bielma, with Josh Whitman, the athletic director, and Illinois players Isaiah Williams, Keith Randolph, and Johnny Newton. And three of those five joined us today on the Illini Enquirer podcast. I'm, I'm excited to bring you those interviews. Josh Whitman, athletic director, usually doesn't do a lot of podcast interviews, but he was very willing to do it uh, with us today. We were very thankful for him for joining us to talk about his Illinois football program, his Illinois athletic department, the Northwest, Northwestern scandal that is happening and how it impacts him as an athletic director in the Big Ten, uh, as, as well as you know what's ahead for college football and college athletics. Uh, just very informative, as always, insightful from Josh Whitman. And then we get to sat down uh, we got to sit down with the law firm of Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton, talk to them about why they came back to Illinois for another season when they could really be preparing for the NFL draft and uh, talk to them about the team, what their expectations are this year, how they can improve on great seasons last year, and uh, what they think the Illinois football program can do in 2023. So it was a fun conversation with those guys, informative, insightful from Josh Whitman as well. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoy this one. We're kind of breaking down our takeaways from today. Uh, Joey's going to focus more on the football things. I'm going to focus more on Josh Whitman. But one of the big takeaways that I have from this is Brett Bielma dropped in his podium interview session that, that you saw on TV that uh, he signed a Big Ten no-compete clause in his recent contract. He said that was one of his ideas because it would help him in recruiting. Um, but, you know, Brett Bielmo was mentioned for the Nebraska job, the Wisconsin job, last offseason. And, and I think everyone knows that Iowa, if anything ever happened there with Kirk Ferentz, that Brett Bielma at his alma mater, that's already been speculated, right? So I think we put that to bed because he can't do it based on his current contract with Illinois. Uh, and I think that just shows that he's going to be here a while. And he's putting down roots. He just built a, a big house. And uh, Whitman and Bielma see this as a very good partnership moving forward. 
So I think we can take that out of, you know, maybe the NFL comes calling. I don't think he'd go back to the SEC. I don't think he'd leave the Big Ten or an Illinois job. But I talked with Brett today. He sees this as a legacy potential job. And part of that is building on the success of last year. And 2023, another big takeaway today is 2023 is about sustaining success and, and building on that because we all know 2001, you follow up the Sugar Bowl with a non-bowl season, 5-7. and seven. You follow up the Rose Bowl with a 5-7 and seven season. Um, Illinois thinks they have a strong enough team and uh, to, to build on this, but they have to go do it. And Brett Bielma kept saying, hey, we were a 7-1 team and then we were a 1-4 team. He said that 1-4 stuck with me more that maybe we felt ourselves too much late in the season, felt too good about ourselves, uh, and now we got to learn from that. Because Illinois did miss an opportunity for a great season to play on this turf that I'm sitting on right now at Lucas Oil Stadium. One or two more wins, I mean, depending on the wins, if you beat Purdue, you would have been here. If you would have beat Michigan and Michigan State, you would have been here, right? So those are the games that you got to be able to finish, and Illinois wasn't able to do that last year. So uh, that's the next step that they're looking to take. And when you get Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, Julian Pearl, Isaiah Adams, uh, Isaiah Williams, Seth Coleman, get those guys to come back instead of going to the NFL, I think that's a big deal. And you didn't lose a lot in the transfer portal. Uh, so Illinois, some questions, quarterback, secondary, we've gone over it over and over again. But there, there's some confidence uh, in this program right now. But I don't want to delay the people you really want to hear from, not me. You want to hear from Josh Whitman. You want to hear from Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton. We're going to do that coming up here on the Illini Enquirer podcast. But i got to tell you, if you're like me and you're on the go all the time and you're in charge of making dinner, one of the worst things is, man, what am I making tonight? What can I make that's actually kind of healthy for me? I don't feel bad about myself afterward. That's where Factor comes in. They have healthy, convenient meals. They're America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. And they can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with reaching your goals. Factor offers delicious, flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles, from keto to calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and my favorite, the Protein Plus. It's prepared by chefs, approved by dietitians. Each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. And it's minimal thought, minimal effort. It's all ready to go for you. So head to factormeals.com slash Illini50 and use code Illini50 to get 50% off. That's code Illini50 at factormeals.com slash Illini50 to get 50% off. Factormeals.com slash Illini50. Use code Illini50 to get 50% off. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
right here at Big Ten Media Days, and uh, Josh Whitman, Illinois Athletic Director, joining us now. Josh, thanks for the time. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Well, this is a, a fun time of year. You get to talk about the, the football season coming up. Obviously, big changes for the Big Ten, but what's this mean for you guys? Uh, you know, third year of Brett Bielma, and uh, coming off a pretty successful, relatively successful year. Yeah, it was, it was a good year. It was an important step for us to get back in the bowl business and be in a Jan 1 bowl game for the first time in, in 15 years. Obviously, we all would like to finish a little stronger. We recognize that. But I, I think that, that last year really laid a solid foundation for what we expect will be another exciting year. And I give Coach a lot of credit. Our players have bought in wholeheartedly with what he's trying to do. And, and of course, he surrounded himself with a great staff. And, uh, and so there's, there's a lot of things that have come together to put us where we are. And Grateful to our fans, they've, they've really responded well. We're up over 9,000 new season tickets. We were hopeful to get that up over 10,000 before the opener and, and uh, just a lot to be excited about, I think, as we as we kick off the 23 season. What's that mean for you? Um, or what's the significance of, of seeing a fan base buy in like that? Because the one thing I'll say about the Brett Bielmer is it's gonna be a competitive game every time. And that, that, that obviously is a big change. It is, and, and it's just it, it's incredibly rewarding to see people respond the way that they are. I have a picture in my house of the, the sellout that we played against Michigan in 19, my senior in 2000, and I look at it every day, and I, and I think about what that felt like in, in the environment, and, and I remember back to the, the North Carolina sellout that we had in my first season, and uh, and, and, and so I, I just know what that building can feel like, and I know how important it is for the long-term success of our program that that building start to feel like that on a regular basis. And so uh, to, to get our, our fans in there and to get them excited uh, really is um, something pretty special, and, and we're hopeful that that just continues to, to gain momentum during the weeks and months ahead. Obviously two years ago you hoped Brett Bielma could, could bring success and sustain success is a, a phrase you've used often um what is what has anything surprised you about what he's been able to accomplish yet so far i don't know that any of it has surprised me I, I i think i'm just really impressed with who he is as a football coach and who he is as a person i i think that uh the, the way he has come into our program and wrapped his arms around it uh the, the staff that he's been able to assemble i think speaks volumes to the way he's viewed amongst his peers the longer I've spent in this business, the more I appreciate that, that, that people who have respect in the industry are going to be able to attract really attract really successful coaches. And, and his staff, his first staff, I thought was remarkable. Uh, and then, of course, we've gone through some change this year with Ryan's departure, and I, I think he's just reloaded and, and done some pretty, pretty incredible things. And so uh, you, you tie that in then with his attention to detail, his work ethic, uh, and, and his ability to connect with people, whether it's players, parents, recruits, donors, ticket holders, he's very relatable, he's very authentic, um, and, and he has, I think, a really special ability to see around the corner on some issues. I, I, I maybe have told you this before, but there were a couple times last year where he kind of saw how the game was going to play out mm -hmm. before it happened, and, and I think that helps our players envision the game, imagine what's going to happen, put themselves in that circumstance before it occurs. And so the Iowa game, I think he told the guys in the week leading up, look, this, this is going to be a, be a rock fight. Like it's, it's going to get frustrating. The offense may struggle because their defense is really good. And 
And at the end of the day, you know, we can't start pointing fingers. We've got to stay in this thing together. And, and ultimately, it played out exactly that way. And, and then for us to come out on the, on the winning side, I think, uh, is attributable in large part to, to that. And so there's just been so many things that he's brought to the table that I think have been difference makers for us. And, and to find all those things in somebody who's as genuinely excited about being at the University of Illinois as he is has just been, uh, I think, a real amplifier for us. I've told people, you know, Brett, when he came here, um, I know you talked about it. it could be a legacy job for him uh, in his career. And, you know, he's built a, a new house here in Champaign, and he signed a contract. You guys talked about there, there's a no-compete clause in the Big Ten. I mean, that shows, like, he thinks something special can happen here. Like, what, what do you think uh, of his commitment to that and just your guys' partnership moving forward? It's exciting for me. I, I think that when you have that long-term commitment from from him and from me, it, it puts us in a position to make long-term decisions, and and that's can be different. I, I think occasionally you have to make choices between well, what's in the best long-term interest of Illinois football and what might be in the the best interest of the next month or the next season, and and so it it aligns us in terms of our vision for the future of the program. It, it gives us both. A sense of security and stability we were able to lock arms and and really continue to walk down this path together and and i it's it's exciting it's exciting when we came out of this last season and and opened up our our discussions about his contract and and where this thing could go it always gives you a chance to to kind of put things on the table and, and really get a sense of where each party is at and and for him to, to have an interest in that kind of long-term commitment to Illinois and, and fighting Illini football was just really uh, exciting and rewarding for me and, and gave me a lot of, of uh, sense of, of enthusiasm and, and stability about where the program can go. And that's what yeah. we've, we've lacked. Yeah. I mean, as you look back at the last 30 years of Illinois football, we just haven't had that opportunity to – to build on momentum and and we've we've had some of these up and down moments and we make some decisions that may or may not have been uh necessitated and and then all of a sudden you find yourself hitting the reset button again and so to to be able to just persevere through some of these ups and downs to to level out some of these waves that are inevitable in high major football and and continue to progress forward doesn't mean we're not going to have some some step backs we're not going to be perfectly up upward all the time but to be able to to know we're going to push through those things together it just changes the outlook and, and I think gives us a lot of advantage in terms of our our planning and our prioritization as you know whether it's your business my business whatever when you have success uh, people are going to try and steal from that success and, and Ryan Walters now at Purdue is that weird for you <laughs> that Ryan is at Purdue I wish he hadn't gone to Purdue. I, I, I was hopeful that he would stay at Illinois, of course. I'm really excited for Ryan to become a head football coach. I wish it could have been a, another school that wasn't in, in our division. Um, but, but now that he's there, we're going to do everything we can to try and beat him. Mm -hmm. And I think he knows that, and we know that he's going to do the same thing toward us. Um, it's great to see him in the head coaching role. He's, he's incredibly talented. I, I have no doubt he's going to have success there. Um, but certainly on that one Saturday, every every fall, we're going to do everything we can to try and 
and bring home that cannon and and uh, wish him all the luck in the other 11 games. Given that, you know, that's that's adversity for Brett, but he's brought in four new assistants. What do you make of, of this year and, and what it means for sustaining that success for for the football program? I I think that we just have to continue to to prepare ourselves for 12 solid weeks. And, and again, last year got off to such a great start and, and, and then faltered a little bit down the stretch. And the reality is a 12-game regular season is a lot. And it's a lot for for these guys and and so now reinforcing to them that this is a this is a marathon you've got to be ready for this from from beginning to end I think last year at the beginning of the year there was an element of learning how to win in those moments getting into a Camp Randall and and being able to to to, to win that game or getting into a tight contest with an Iowa at home and being able to pull that out but now there's another layer to that of okay well now that you are in a position to expect that when you go out on a Saturday afternoon how do you sustain that for 12 13 weeks over the course of the season hopefully with a couple bonus games at the end and I know the guys have been really focused on that throughout the offseason I know it's been central to their training and, and it's not just physical but it's mental it's emotional um, the football season brings a lot of a lot of emotions with it and, and the guys need to be ready to ride that wave out and um, I just think with, with the new staff and, and with the, the returning players we have, there's a, a tremendous opportunity there for us to, to springboard past what we were able to do last year even. When, when you look at that Michigan picture, um, I mean, have you, have you experienced that yet uh, as, as the athletic director at Illinois? I know probably in this building with, with basketball, winning the Big Ten championship, have you experienced those things? Well, we didn't win the game against Michigan. You know, that was after, <laughs> that was after the big comeback my junior year at yeah. Michigan. Uh, where we'd come back against Tom Brady and, and won the game, that which really culminated in the, the anticipation for the game my senior year, the double fumble game, which mm -hmm. people remember. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we, we've, we've had some of those moments. I mean, I, I think about uh, being on the floor of State Farm Center after we beat Iowa to win the Big Ten championship. Winning a Big Ten championship is hard, mm -hmm. really, really hard. And and to experience that with our coaches, our student athletes. The the sellout against North Carolina, it was early in my tenure. I didn't know what was to follow after that, but I teared up on the sidelines during the national anthem just to, to see that in that building and, and to remember what that felt like. Um, I, I think even last year, just to, to see the way that our fans responded to our early success and to, to see us set records for numbers of tickets sold in a single day I think twice over the course of last year with with all the build-up to the Michigan State game in particular you know was was really exciting and, and so there's there's been a lot of those moments uh, over the, the course of the last seven and a half years and and um, and they all mean something right they're all yeah. great memories and and we're hopeful that we can we can add some more to the list as we go forward you know, we like to be introspective here in the media and ask these big picture questions. But, I mean, you've been in this job, Josh, for seven years now. Um, and, and I know there's so many changes happening. So much has changed with the program. But this place means a lot to you. I know that. So what do you feel like your imprint has been on the program? Or what do you feel like your goal is of imprinting this program as, as its leader? That is a big question. No. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I feel really fortunate to have a chance to do what I do. And, and I feel really fortunate to do it with the people that I do it with. And we talk a lot 
in DIA about doing work that matters with people you care about and it's really been rewarding for me to gain I think more of a first person understanding of just how important this program is to so many people to our alumni to our donors to our students to our community to travel the country and be invited into people's homes and see their Illini rooms and to have I tell our student athletes it's like you don't realize that your picture is on somebody's <laughs> wall in California and Seattle right. and Florida like they are watching everything that you do and and so to, to have some small part in elevating our program has been the most rewarding professional experience I'll ever have and 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 to know that we're nowhere near finished you know we, we have so much more ground to cover and so much more possibility in front of us and and knowing that we've put together a great team I, I think about a Brett Bielema, I think about a Brad Underwood, I think about a Shauna Green and a Mike Small and a Brad Dancer. And you, know, you go on down that list, so many great coaches that we've been able to put together. Um, and we continue to try and elevate each and every one of our programs every time there is a vacancy and an opportunity to bring on a new leader. Uh, and, and so it's, it's, um, it's fun to be where we are. It's been quite a process to get here. But there's a lot more to do. And, and certainly getting into the postseason as we we are now with more regularity in some of our sports is great um, but but now we need to we need to do more we need to progress more we need to get deeper into those tournaments and and we have every expectation that that will begin to happen very soon obviously a big story this week is, is what's happened at Northwestern with the hazing allegations and investigations going on there Josh so in your seat when when the, you see these reports and you see all this come out What's your reaction to it? Like, how do you approach it with, within your own job? I, I think that any time there's a, a situation that occurs on another campus, some of these, what, what we refer to internally as capital C crises, mm-hmm. we take time as a team, as a leadership team, to study it, to understand it, to go through, to use an old football term, some mental reps. Yeah. Okay, what what have we done here to prevent this kind of thing from happening and then if it does happen how would we react to it and and so we've played that out multiple times over the last seven and a half years There's plenty of these situations happen unfortunately across the college athletics landscape and and so this time has been really no different it's okay how can we how can we learn from this how can we take steps to try and minimize the possibility that that kind of thing could happen here and because you can never eliminate it you, right. you learn that too and, and as you think through risk management in an athletics enterprise you can't ever eliminate the risk all you can do is try and minimize it and and so we've we've worked to do that and I, I think that in this particular case we have all the same policies in educational practices that Northwestern did mm-hmm. and that most programs like us do. Right. And so that's sort of the first level. But then the next level, I think, in the area where we will really focus this year is trying to make sure that our student-athletes feel comfortable and empowered to use the infrastructure that we put around them, to mm-hmm. use the reporting mechanisms, to raise their hand. We, And not just about hazing, but, and we, we say this to them all the time, we're only as good as the information we have. And so as we try and make this athletic program as good as it can be, 
as we try and create the most life-changing experience that we can for you, we need input, we need feedback, and we need to know when things could be done better. And in this instance, unfortunately, for Northwestern, it was a hazing circumstance, but it could be as minimal as, boy, I don't like the way we travel, or boy, yeah. I, you know, we, we'd like to eat better on the road, or whatever it might be, all the way up to something as significant as, as this. And, and so through our messaging, through our communication, with the entire student-athlete population, with the individual teams, with our leadership groups, with our individual student-athletes, we need to normalize their communication. We need to make sure they feel empowered and encouraged to give us feedback so that we can act on that information, again, ranging from the relatively benign yeah. to, the, to the really important. Tony Petiti talked today. It's one of the first times I've heard him as uh, is a, is a leader of the Big Ten. He seemed to echo a lot of things you've said. Um, are, are you, are you, is that a fair characterization of, of you guys? In, in your discussion so far, do you feel aligned on, on a lot of things? Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think Tony and I have, have gotten off to a great start yeah. with our relationship. We've spent some time together. We've talked about some of these big-ticket items that are circling around college athletics today. I think we do have some shared views on certain things that that we believe should or shouldn't happen. Uh, I, I I can't say enough good things about him. I, I think he's come in and been a quick study. He understands parts of the business that are very innate to him, given his background and certainly in media. But he also recognizes that there are parts of this operation that that maybe aren't in in his direct realm of experience. And so he's been quick to ask questions and and seek engagement and input from others and um it's it's been a fun partnership so far and, and really looking forward to his continued leadership uh nil i know is, is is such a big topic um but i asked you earlier uh but the nil legislation are, are you encouraged by what's what's happening in, with the con congressional proposals and how quickly does this change or what do you think the future of nil looks like i i am encouraged by it i i think that it demonstrates that people are listening that they're paying attention i think they've had a chance now to to get more direct feedback from the boots on the ground from the practitioners people who are living in this space and it, i think it demonstrates a willingness on their part to try and incorporate some of those things into the work that they're doing uh, and, and so to me I, I think both of the the pieces of legislation that have hit this week show some progress and show some promise um, we'll see ultimately what happens. If we learned anything over the last couple of years, it's operating in, in federal government is a very difficult place, just as is NCAA governance. Both are intense bureaucracies that have a lot of po politics involved. So I, I think that um, it's, it's good, it's encouraging. Um, but I, I still, and, and you've heard me say this, I, I just think that at the end of the day, we are developing a system that is necessitated because of the rules that are in place yeah. and I would prefer that we recognize maybe that's not the system that we want mm -hmm. and we should perhaps change it to allow for us to uh, create a new iteration of college athletics that more closely resembles what I think others perceive it to be yeah. um, and, and how we get there what the length of time that's going to take um, I think is very much still up in the air, but um, rather than have somebody tell us what college athletics is going to look like, I'd rather us yeah. 
be realists about what some of those characteristics and qualities of the new system have to be and find ways to incorporate them under our own control than somebody else's. Last one I got for you, Josh. Uh, your legal background always comes in handy at the, the media roundtable, <laughs> uh, just because you can explain some of the things that are happening. Um, so, you know, the, it's sometimes as a reporter, it's hard for me to put my arms around this and then present it to everybody else. What would you tell, you know, Illinois fans listening now or fans about what is coming down the pike of what's next for uh, legal battles with, with the NCAA in the future? I know student-athlete student pay and compensation is probably the biggest one, employment, all of that. Yeah, I, I think that the, the biggest area of discussion that's happening right now revolves around student-athlete benefits. Yeah. And under NCAA rules, there are strict limitations on the kinds of benefits and the amount of benefits that we can provide to student-athletes. As a result, in the competitive landscape in which we exist, schools and their collectives have found ways to work around those rules to provide student-athletes with compensation. And what we're seeing is that in the, the court system, some of our uh, restrictions on student-athlete benefits are being challenged. Mm -hmm. They're being it's being suggested that they're anti-competitive, that they're in violation of federal antitrust law. In state legislatures now, there are some places that are trying to create, by state mandate, a new environment where student-athletes are receiving more direct benefits from universities. And, and so that's, that's really the, the frontier that we're embarking upon right now, is, is how and should student-athletes receive a broader package of benefits directly from the university as opposed to through the umbrella of a collective or an outside entity, which creates some challenge because we don't have any control mm -hmm. by definition over those collectives. And, and, and so if we've indicated a willingness to have that environment, to have student athletes making more money, then perhaps we should recognize that that we would be wise to have some of that controlled by the athletic programs themselves. And, and, but in, before we can do that, we're going to need some changes to the rules. Uh, and if, if we can't get that, then we're inviting continued lawsuits and continued liability that I, I think could become really problematic, or I should say even more problematic yeah. than it already has been. And, and it, it, it leads to instability in the system. You look at some other sporting environments their system isn't being challenged because they've they've innovated and they've, they've built a system that works right now we we don't have a workable system it's going to continue to be challenged until we reshape it in a way that that provides for some protection and some stability it's an interesting time to be an athletic director isn't it it is it, it is I, and, I, and i'll tell you I, it, it's like most things in life it's a question of the lens that you look through mm -hmm. and i think that some people would say boy I, what a hard time to be an AD and, and it's got to be really unsettling and, and anxiety inducing and, and that's true but if you're disciplined in the way you think about it which I try to be I try and look through a different lens mm -hmm. which is what a great opportunity what, what a unique moment to be sitting at the big table and to have a voice in the conversation about what the next 50 or 75 years of college athletics is going to look like and I, I'm hopeful that 10 years from now we'll be 
in that new landscape and we'll reflect back and say boy do you remember when we were having that discussion yeah. or that happened and and um, to be in a position to contribute to that effort is is really a once in a, a career kind of thing and, and something I'm really grateful to be able to do on behalf of the university. Josh Whitman, thank you for the time. Appreciate the insight. Thanks, thanks for everything. Great stuff from Josh Whitman, Illinois Athletics Director. Great to get his time and insight on some of college football's biggest issues. And, and of course, he's just passionate about this job. And I think he's been a pretty good leader for Illinois Athletics. Two guys are looking to lead Illinois football on the field. Two guys who really could be in NFL training camps right now. Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph represented Illinois at Big Ten Media Days. And the law firm joined us right here on the Illini Enquirer podcast to hear about why they came back, what their goals are, what they think the team is capable of accomplishing in 2023. And uh, Johnny talks about being a dad. And he's got the best nickname for being a dad. We'll talk about that next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Welcome to the Online Enquirer podcast, and happy to have uh, the, the law firm joining us, Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph. Boys, thanks for joining us. How are you? Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Are you guys contractually obligated as the law firm to appear together at everything? Is that uh, part of the deal now? It's like a, a BOGO. You buy one, you get one for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've done a lot of interviews together so far. Keith, what's it, what's it like to be here to represent Illinois? Um, Gotta be honest, I didn't know if both you guys would be back for another year, but to be here representing Illinois with, you know, people expecting higher things out of you guys now. It means the world. Like you guys know, y'all been here since I've been here back in 2019 when I came in as a skinny freshman, not playing any snaps, and now to be here representing the University of Illinois football team is just a blessing. I'm just so excited to be here, so thankful. Johnny, for you, what is this like? When we've seen your name come up on pretty much every awards list. I mean, you're getting all this attention now. Like, what's this like for you, and how do you process all this happening? I think it's really cool, you know, just to be recognized as one of the top defense alignment or defense players in the in the conference or throughout the whole college football. Uh, I just take it day by day, you know, embracing the grind, honestly, because that's what got me to the point where I'm at now. And uh, just trying to get my teammates to the level that I'm at because, I mean, no fun if only one of us is at the top. I want the whole team at the top, whole team to be first-round picks. I know Keith had talked about it's kind of like the journey of this program, but to go from a program that your first year, I mean, you guys were picked at the bottom of, of the Big Ten, and now this program's getting more attention, and a lot of people seem to be jumping on board. Um, what's that feeling like for you to hear that and, and see your name in those conversations higher up the, the list there? It's, it's really cool, honestly. It's like a, a full 360, like – like I always say, like when people used to play Illinois, like, oh, we're playing Illinois this week. 
I want to play Illinois, like, oh, like, we got to play Illinois this week. Like, uh, it's a change in tone, like, when you're playing us now. And it's, it's a great feeling, honestly. Like, we're not the underdogs anymore. Like, we're the team that's expected to win, and it's, it's a great feeling. Johnny, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know if you had anything more to prove at the, at the college level, given the year you had last year. So can you take me into that? I mean, you're now getting these honors. You're projected high draft pick. Why did you want to come back for another year? Uh, I just wanted to come back to improve my draft stock, honestly. You know, it, it wasn't what I expected it to be or thought it was going to be. And, um, honestly, I just I got to prove myself again. Another year of dominating, putting in work, you know, I mean, the guy next to me does a lot for me, you know. Him getting double teamed creates one-on-ones for me and uh, vice versa. It's, it's always good to play with somebody at a high level because it takes a lot of stress off of me. Keith, you guys could be preparing for training camp right now in the, the NFL if you, if you really wanted to have done that. Why did you want to come back <clears throat> to college for another year? Same thing Johnny said, honestly. Get my draft stock up, draft stock up higher and improve people wrong. I feel like since high school I've been doubted. Um, underrated and things like that. So just come back, prove the world wrong, prove my improve myself right, honestly. Uh, and a question I was asked when I was going through the process was, Keith, have you done everything you went to do in college? My answer was no. There's a lot of things I, I left on the table that I want to come back and get. So that, those were the, really the main reasons why I decided to come back. If I can make the decision over again, I'd make it a hundred times. What's the draft process like? We'll start with you and then Johnny, like, Jeremy and I, Jeremy is a pretty good offensive lineman. I don't know if you know that about him back in his day. Uh, but So we didn't go through this, obviously. It's so like, what is it like? Like, Can you walk me through what you hear, like the conversations? Like, how, how did you navigate that? We get tons of phone calls every day. The phone's ringing off the hook. When I was going through the process, I was talking to Coach B, my position coach, Coach J-Mo, and Johnny every day, plus also like agents here and there about what's going on, what are you hearing. Um, you submit a grade to the committee. They get back with you, send you a letter, tell you what they think, things like that. And you just the thing is, the, the the most difficult part is, you don't know who's telling the truth and who's lying. You hear a whole bunch of different things. You can hear, oh, you'll be a first round draft pick, and the next person tell you, oh, you'll go undrafted. So it's a tough situation. You just have to just trust your gut and have the right people in your corner. Johnny, what do you guys think you guys are capable of as, as a team this year? Because you, obviously you lose a lot of draft picks, but especially the defensive front, um, bring back so much. Like, what, what do you? It's leaders now of, of that defense. How do you feel what you guys are capable of? I feel really comfortable with our defense. Uh, I feel like there's no drop off from last year. And if anything, I feel like we could be better than we were last year. Uh, we ended number one in something, but I feel like we could be number one in everything this year. You know, like you said, we returning a lot of, we returning a whole front seven. Uh, that's rare in college football, definitely with the success we had. Now as a team, I feel like we could be really good. We have really good offensive players who are recognized at some level. Uh, we got three really good quarterbacks. We got a lot of good quarterbacks, but three main ones who are fighting for a job right now. Um, I feel like we could be in the college football playoffs, honestly, but that all plays out to us making mistakes, us having penalties, turnovers throughout the game, but I feel like us at our best can compete with any team in the nation. Can you give me your scouting report of Keith Randolph as a football player? Um, weak link. Uh, <laughs> I'm just playing. Tall, lengthy guy who can move. Great flexibility. He can bend on the edge. Stout in the run game. Good transitional pass rusher. 
about Keith? How, how would you describe Johnny Newton, scouting report? Strong, relentless, um, plays a great extension, able to shed blocks very, very well, fast, gets to the football, great pass rusher, unblockable. So. I don't know that we've actually talked to both of you about Coach Jamison and just how much he's helped your games develop. Um, what is it about him that that helped you guys get to that level and just a connection that you guys have built since they were hired and to where you are now? Coach Jamison's the man. He's the man. He uh, He's helped me a lot, helped both of us a lot. Like I said previously, before he had got here, my first two years, I'd seen maybe like less than 100. I'd seen less than 100 snaps. Never even thought that I'd be on any all Big Ten list, any all American list, anything like that. And his first year here, his first year coaching, Johnny and I were both all Big Ten. He's just a very detailed coach. And he knows what he's talking about, and I just I just love to play for him. You know, he he's just a great person, and even he's he's a great coach, and even and even ugh, he's a great coach, and an even better person. Johnny, what what do you think of him? What's that bond been like with you two? Uh, I love Coach Jameson. Uh, Everything you see behind closed doors is Coach Jamison. Me and Keith's success is Coach Jamison. Without Coach Jamison, we both wouldn't be here today, honestly. Uh, his mindset, his knowledge on football, uh, it just helps helps us out greatly. I feel like all of the big plays I made because things I learned from Coach Jamison throughout the week uh, on other teams. And one day he'll be a defensive coordinator or even a head coach because he's just gifted as a football coach and with his knowledge and uh, like Keith said, even a better person. Johnny, we hear about Coach Bielema wants to sustain success at Illinois. Um, what, what have you noticed just about what he's got or this coaching staff has in place to continue building and not have one of those one-off years and kind of go back to where Illinois has been? Because uh, B, his recruiting process to start off with is amazing. amazing. Uh, he recruits a lot of in-state people. He tries to get a lot of the in-state people. So we could build a, a big fan base, but his mentality is just dog, honestly. Uh, him being at the Patriots, Wisconsin, Arkansas, all of those winning programs that he were a part of, he's trying to install that into us. And then we're, we're catching on to it now. Everybody who's in the building knows we're going to win every game, has faith in us winning every game, whereas to a few years ago, people were just playing for themselves and their own stats. So I feel like Coach B has turned the program around completely to where everybody has that dog mentality. Keith, how has he done that? Like, to get everyone to play together and, and not for themselves? He's genuine. He's a very genuine person, a very genuine coach. I feel like a lot of coaches come in and try to feed players, like, you know, bubbles and candy, and you know. <laughs> and he just comes in. He's just him every day. He, he's never switched up. Nobody's ever said, oh, coach is acting different. He's just the same guy every day. And when you're the same guy every day, good things come out of that. You're an in-state guy that, that picked Illinois when maybe a lot of in-state guys weren't. So what's it like for you to see more success on that and to bring some recruiting success by, by playing well? Yeah. I get to tell a lot of people I told you so, <laughs> including EJ. It's, it's, it's great, man. I I chose to commit to Illinois when they were at the bottom of the Big Ten. Nobody was ever talking about them when I could have went, you know, at a lot of different places. I'm just so glad, so, so blessed that I chose to come here. Um, if I can make the decision, I'll make it a hundred times just to represent my school. Like, you know, like, I'm from Illinois. I'm here representing University of Illinois at Big Ten Media Day. Just a blessing from God. I'm just so happy to be here and in this position, honestly. I mean, Johnny, you were a guy with a lot of choices. Um, 
back then. Obviously, you kind of flipped your decision late. Um, how much do you look back at that moment, uh, especially as you're starting maybe to get to where you, you are and want to go and, and kind of reflect on that? Um, I'm happy with the decision that I made. Um, either here or Maryland, I mean, they have great coaching staffs. They went through a coaching staff change too, though. We did the same at Illinois, but um, I'm happy with the decision that I made because I feel like everything is meant to be for a reason. And um, me being in the position I'm in right now happens for a reason. Me, me, these coaches, my teammates, it all happened for a reason. And um, I'm just following God's path that he has for me. Let's have a little fun for a second. Like, Who's got the best Twitter smack talk, you or Coach B? <laughs> Coach B. I think it's a tie. <laughs> Coach B, he holds me back. That's all I can say. Sometimes I want to say some things because I disagree with a lot of people's opinions on a lot of things. But me, I feel like uh, my in-person smack talk is greatly over Coach B's. <laughs> but, like, it seems like it comes from a place of confidence. Like, it feels like there's a confidence coming out of the Smith Center right now, whether it's you guys and your place among the defensive tackles in the country or Coach B for where this program's going or some of those guys, like, do you feel that? Are we reading that right? Is there for either of you like a, that confidence kind of coming out of that building? Definitely. It's a lot of confidence because our, our preparation is great. Uh, we see each other, our strength coaches, our workouts, our practices. Like we see it. We witness it every day. So like we know what we're capable of. Coach B has been around great players, first round picks, first round defense alignment, and he knows that me and Keith are the best. I know that me and Keith are the best, whether it's one or two or two or one. It really won't matter to me because I know that we're the best two defensive tackles in the nation. A lot of people might disagree with that. A lot of people might feel like they're sleeping on Keith. Uh, I see a lot of the top five defensive linemen, and uh, I don't see Keith in there. I really see it as disrespect. But, I mean, he'll come to light later on. He'll prove himself this year for sure. So, Keith, what do you think – like, what's your focus of improving to improve your draft stock, to, to get on the list that, that Johnny's talking about? Just to be in the best of me every day, continue what I'm doing, not switching up. Um, just, and I was just continue to get better at football, working the things that I need to get better at, um, pass rush, being better in the run game. There's always things you can get better at. You know, I know there's a lot of lists coming out about draft this and All-American this. None of it really phases me. You know, I know my path is already written. I know the Lord already has his, his path written for me. So I'm not really worried about it. I'm confident. I'm very confident. I'm not, you know, I don't have to tell everybody that uh, you guys are overlooking me or I'm underrated. It doesn't matter to me. I, I know at the end of the day, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. What's it like to be a Big Ten player in, like, the social media age now? <laughs> like it's crazy. Twitter, Instagram, like, all that stuff. Like, how, what? How do, how do you get through that? How do you block it out? How do you partake in it and, and still stay, you know, centered? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I really don't pay it that much money. Of course, I'm I'm on social media yeah. like every other player. You see a lot of crazy things on there. But it is that it, it can be a distraction. So a lot of times I have my phone on D&D. <laughs> you got to have it on D&D, man, because you got, you know, Instagram's going off, Twitter's going off, agent here. The girls, you know, <laughs> family. It's just a lot of things going on on the phone. The phone is a distraction, but I don't let it get to me. So, Johnny, what's uh, what? How do you get better? Like, how do you get better from last year to put yourself in the position that you want to, with the with the next level? I think me getting better is me maturing as a young man. Me changing my diet. Me putting in extra work. Me 
developing the younger players, me developing as a leader. I think all of those things will tie into me as being a better person overall and that'll tie into me being a better player. Um, me putting in that overtime, just reminding me of myself as a freshman, hungry, ready to play, ready to start. Uh, it just brings back great memories to me and uh, all the, the hustle and dedication I put in as a, a younger player. And that always comes to mind to me. And um, I feel like that, that hunger that I had back then, I still have it now to be the best player overall in college football. John, I know we've talked about your family, your brothers all are very good football players. Um, what was that like coming up in that, I'm assuming a competitive environment, but like in a good way, like how did that help shape you and what maybe stands out about that upbringing to go from that to, to where you guys all are or have been? Being one of five boys was really tough growing up. You know, we always competed, everything we did, running to the car, playing basketball, playing hoops with a trash can, playing tackle football in the house, just even playing video games. Like, we never quit it because we always wanted to win. And I feel like that's me now. Like, I want to win in life and football. Being a father, I want to be the best father. I want to be the, the best friend I could be, the best football player I could be, the best son I could be. And uh, I just think that uh, competitiveness as a younger kid just translated over to my life now. Keith, I know we joke a lot about your basketball past, um, and it was a big part of your life, like for sure, but do you ever think about that moment you decided to turn it to football? Like, this could have gone a whole different path, like where you're not in these shoes. Like, do you reflect back there, or do, or do you not think about that very often? I sit down and think about it all the time, honestly, where I could have been, you know. Uh, it's just a blessing, man. I'm just, I'm just a skinny kid. I was playing basketball, trying to be a pretty boy back in the day. <coughs> now I'm this fat man taking on double teams. It's crazy. So I, I always sit back and think back to my past, think back to where like, where I'm from, how I got here, because that's what made me. That's what made me the person I am today. Like, I would think that wasn't the easiest decision. Like You mm -hmm. loved basketball. You, you might still. And like this is a whole different thing. And maybe it was hard to imagine this. Like How hard was that? Like When you think back to, to – not only try football to know like if I'm doing this I've got to not do this yeah it was very tough honestly actually when I played my first high school basketball game before they like for the starting lineups I cried like a baby man I'm sitting on the bench just crying because I know like I'll never be able to play basketball like on a team again um I know where my future is uh so it, it was definitely a tough decision uh but uh, it was the right decision and I, I'm glad I made that decision and I'm happy to be in the position I am today. Johnny, uh, your father, congrats on that. Like, what, what's that been like? How, how has that changed you <laughs> the last several months here? Uh, made me mature, like, overnight. A lot of people just call me Papa John or <laughs> your father. <laughs> but uh, just helping me mature, you know, helping me see life from a, a different standpoint, a different view, you know, having to take care of somebody else other than yourself, it's like eye-opening, <clears throat> definitely at such a young age. I'm only 20 years old, you know, a lot of people wait to have kids till later on in life, but God had a plan for me, and uh, I had a baby last year. So just another <coughs> another level of grind for me, you know, another purpose in life to, to make it to the level I want to be, to be the best person, to be the best football player, you know, just to take care of my daughter in every aspect I can. See uh, Uncle Keith over here? 
that what we call him? <laughs> yeah, Uncle, Uncle Keith. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> what, what's it been like to see him go through that, Keith? It's been great. Papa John over here, man. <laughs> when he first told me, my eyes were big as bowling balls. I'm like, man, baby, oh my gosh. I was hoping it was going to be a boy. But, man, I'm just so excited for him. He's got a beautiful baby girl that looks just like him, honestly. They're twins. And I can just see how it's changed him. Uh, you know, he comes – ever since he had had his uh, baby girl, he comes to work every single day even harder. And he was already working, wet, like, really, really hard before. So, yeah, she's uh, – he's got a soft spot, soft spot for it, for sure. Did we always hear about girl dad? Is it a real thing? Did it, did it change you being a girl dad? Around the boys, no, <laughs> but around my daughter, yeah, you know, you have to be softer for the girls, you know, rather than me to have a son, you know, I got to be tough on them, you know, install them like how I was installed, but yeah, definitely being a girl that made me softer towards her, you know, have a soft spot, but right when I'm back in the weight room with the boys, I'm, I'm one of the boys again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a switch, literally, it's literally a switch. I know you guys have podiums coming up soon, so we're mm. going to do some rapid fire best two places to eat in Champagne for each of you. You go first, Keith. Jurassic Grill. Okay. Los Palmas. Mexican <laughs> spot. Sammy's, Big Grove Tavern. Ooh, I forgot about Sammy's. <laughs> the the football player that we're not ta- on Illinois that we're not talking enough about going into the season. There's so many. Tavian Nicholson. <clears throat> yeah. Taz, T-Ray Edwards, Denzel Jackson, Jeremiah Warren, Xavier Scott, Ricardo Harper. There's so many, and there's so many more. Matthew mm-hmm. Bailey, Miles Scott. I'm leaving out a lot more, but there's a lot of people. Which freshman already has irrational confidence? <laughs> Jeremiah Warren. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sabor. 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 <laughs> Sabor, Sabor has <laughs> primetime confidence. Yeah, I like that about him. I love it, Jersey though. kid. I was gonna say, like, how's that? How's he show it? He, he just walks around with that swagger, kind of like how TD had that swagger. Yeah. He has that swagger. He, like, walks around, chest up. You know, he has that good swagger. And Jeremiah Warren has that good swagger too. That's my little dog. Coach, which coach has way too much confidence or irrational confidence? Coach B. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely Coach B. But I have to say, uh, just looking, Coach Ward. He got that swagger, too, that confidence, too. You sure. can't say each other, so funniest teammate. There's a lot of those, too. <laughs> funniest teammate. Yeah, he think, he think, y'all think he's a real quiet, cool guy. He's funny over there. Uh, Miles Scott. The funniest teammate. Taz. Either Taz or Sedaris McConnell. Yeah, them boys funny. Those boys are clowns. <laughs> and now this competition's open because Spoon's gone. Best trash talker on the field. Me. Is it really? Me. He, he doesn't, doesn't shut up. And I'm, yeah, it's him. It's, it's him. Do sure. you ever look over like Johnny? Yeah, Wait, chill what? or I never really oh, talk to him. gonna get us killed out here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they gonna bl- Yeah, it's him. Last one for me. Uh, what's it feel like after a Big Ten football game? Like, what does your body feel like after a Big Ten football game? Meal, cold, just tired. You know, on a bus or on a plane, cramping. Definitely after one of those tough games that are hard fought. You know, but uh, after the games that go good for us, I feel good still. Yeah, I feel fresh. <laughs> one time, one time we had played. Uh, I forgot who we played. Wisconsin or Rutgers, my junior year. It was a tough game, obviously, and in I I couldn't sleep. I was just aching so much, rolling around. Ah, ah. 
but you gotta love that though. I embrace it. I love it. Like, I mean, that just got done putting in work. You know, a lot of, not a lot of people can say things like that. So, that's how I feel. Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, thanks for your time, guys. Enjoy the day and good luck this season. All right. Thank Law firm. Great stuff from two really, really good football players. Two guys will be in NFL training camps next year at this time. And uh, thanks to those guys. Thanks to Illinois for setting that up for giving us their time on a busy, busy day where they're doing a lot of talking. It's all fun for, for most of us, but uh, I'm glad they were able to give you guys insight, give us insight into the program, into their lives, their stories. So that's always great when those guys give us their time. So hope you enjoyed that. Give us a follow wherever you find your podcast. Give us a rating and review wherever you get your podcast as well. Check us out on YouTube. Weren't able to get the video interviews for these guys, uh, but I thought the podcast by themselves was pretty good. Uh, but you can always check us out on YouTube as well. And we'll have plenty of content coming from Big Ten Media Days over the next several, several days. We have a lot of transcribing ahead, which is my favorite part of the job. I say with air quotes and heavy sarcasm. But that is ahead. Lots of uh, treasure trove of information and quotes coming to you guys at IlliniInquire.com. All right, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.